guys, welcome back to episode 9 of the XFL Extra Point. I'm Justin, I'm here with Thomas. Thomas, say something so people know you exist. What's poppin' Jimbo? Jimbo. Jimbo. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all. That's right. Like, what, two days away from when this comes out, it'll be the 23rd, but it's the 22nd now in the recording, so three days. Coming up on Christmas, coming up on the training camp starting soon, so that's gonna be lit. Um, I figure we'll kind of announce this now. This is tentative. So the hope, seeing that all the training camps are going to be in Houston, and I'm in the Houston area, Thomas is in the Houston area for the time being, Mm -hmm. we're going to try to go to some of those, capture some exclusive footage if we can, see how close we can get to the field. Uh, I got a fancy DSLR camera that we can shoot stuff on, and so hopefully we'll capture some good stuff. The kind of stuff will probably be going up on Twitter. But it for sure will be going up on YouTube, so make sure you guys head over to our YouTube channel. It's just XFL Extra Point Podcast, I think. The podcast might be on there, but if it's not, just type in XFL Extra Point. should be the first thing that pops up on uh, YouTube. Go ahead, subscribe there. All our podcasts go up on there, too. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at XFL Extra Point. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any um, you know, questions, anything you want us to talk about, DM us there. Or send it to our email, contact or extrapointcontact at gmail.com, and we'll answer them on the show. Um, so, Thomas, how has it been since last week? How's your week going? You know, it's going all right. Can't complain. Life is beautiful. Happy to be alive. How, how is it being with your parents? It's fine. <laughs> little period of time. <laughs> Makes me feel like a child. Still, having right. a, still haven't seen you in person. I know. Yeah, you Have I? When? Oh, that was Thanksgiving. Never mind. That was Thanksgiving. That was a while ago, Thomas. I haven't seen well, you in person since you've been back. We had planned. We had planned, but I'm I'm currently very sick. So. Well, let's hope we get through this show. Yes, I might um, have to legit. News I and might notes. Have to stop and puke. Okay, well, we'll we'll account for that if he yes. pukes during the show. Yes. Or hell, we'll keep it in. I don't know. We'll see. Yes. Um, news and notes as usual. A couple things to talk about. A lot of shit happened because training camps just ended. Uh, some more little news about the league came out. Um. And then part two of our sons. So last week, if you guys didn't hear, we did part one. That was our offensive sons. This week's going to be defensive and special teams sons. And this part two, uh, special teams is a little thing I added because, you know, special teams players need some love too. I, we wouldn't have included them if I didn't. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're going to go into part two of our sons this week. Uh, anything I'm missing in this little intro, Thomas? No, you plugged the Twitter, at XFL Extra Point. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. All right. Shit. Time for the news and notes drop. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! First story for the news and notes this week. So, the XFL, I guess they released their headset rules for the upcoming 2020 season. Um, according to XFL News Hub, they got this information from their sources. Um, so, as you know, they're going to be ramping up their efforts to speed up the game. They're mm-hmm. going to be trying to make the game faster. That's their whole thing. Trying to get it under three hours, like when you watch a, you know, an NFL game. They take forever. So, in an effort to speed up the game, we knew this was probably going to happen. Now, I guess they formally made it clear that lots more players are going to be connected via their headsets. 
on the field to the coaches. So we know now two players on defense will be tuned in and 15 players, offensive players, will be tuned in. And what that means is, like, all the offensive starters and then a couple guys that will sub, you know, mm-hmm. wide receiver, skill players that will be subbing in and out. So 15 players will be linked up to their coaches um, as a way to speed up the game. So what this means for offense is pretty much no reason to huddle, right? Yep. Because they're going to get the plays. Like, every player, the wide receiver will hear it, the quarterback will hear it, every single player, offensive lineman will hear the play. So they don't need to huddle up faster game that way. On defense, there's only two players, probably going to be the Mike, probably going to be someone in the secondary, maybe a safety, who will, you know, tell their players, tell the other secondary players, tell the other front seven players what they're doing on that play. So should speed up the game in conjunction with their new clock rules, their new officiating rules. So what do you think about this, Thomas? I think it's a good idea. I hope it fucking works. Because yeah. if you have tech difficulties with this, that's just a nightmare with the amount that you mm-hmm. have on there. But, I mean, I like it. I don't know why yeah. the NFL doesn't have something like this because it just seems it seems too easy. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone should hear the play call. You shouldn't have to get it from one guy and then one guy gets it from this guy. It just it seems too easy to to not be so here, in the top tier. So here's my thing with this, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing I have a problem with is like I kind of like huddles. Yeah, like we've been in huddles. You'd be like, you'd be like, oh, good play, good. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like you're talking to each other in the huddle, and you're like, oh. Like, watch me, I'm open over here. Like, you can't express those things to your quarterback. Like, oh, this guy's been playing off me all game. Like, I'm, I'm going to get on this one kind of thing that you can't express. I suspect there might not be, like, a traditional, like, huddle, 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 but there will be a a gathering of the players after <laughs> each play still. Maybe not an actual huddle per se, but I think that'll still get covered and stuff like that because I feel like that's too ingrained in the sport to just go away entirely. And, and another thing is with the defense only having two players, they still have to huddle. Exactly. When the offense doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. but you know, it's an offensive game. I think that was kind of their idea is to make it an offensive game. Mm -hmm. So I guess that makes sense. But I mean, overall, this is smart. I mean, if you want to make the game faster, teams don't huddle all that much anyway like traditionally like mm-hmm. they don't sit there take you know no huddle offense is a pretty big thing in the nfl we see that a lot it just calls you know because the, the quarterback has always been hooked into the coaches right yeah. so you know it's not that big of a difference but they won't have to huddle almost ever i don't feel like so yeah all right well anyway so overall not a bad thing good thing speeds up the game next story so in one of our earlier shows, we speculated on where they might hold the XFL championship game, and we had kind of come to agreement, I think, if I remember this correctly, that mm-hmm. they should do it in one of the team stadiums as to get those people who are already fans in that area, who've already yeah. been coming to games, to show up to this championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, now we have confirmation that that's what they're going to be doing. Uh, one of the... You know, the XFL News Hub received word from one of their sources that the championship game will be taking place at one of the XFL home stadiums. Yet, it's still a question whether it will be a neutral stadium or mm-hmm. one of the championship team stadiums. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think I'd rather it be a neutral stadium, but what, what do you think? I think it's going to be in L.A. <laughs> yeah, you're Regardless probably right. Of anything, I think it's going to be in L.A. Could be L.A. Um, New York, maybe? New York. I could see being in New York, too, but it'll be in one of the big markets. 
Right. Um, I mean, all of these are pretty big markets. Houston's even a pretty big market. Yeah, I, 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 you're not wrong, I suppose. It's one of the biggest cities. I and mean, all the training I camps. I wouldn't be surprised. Houston, so I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. It's just keeping Houston. But I feel like they're also waiting to see who's going to be in the championship game. Because I feel like they will make it a neutral site and yeah. go from there and pick from the best option. But I don't know. But if yeah, I had and, put, and no point of announcing it now. Exactly. But if I had to put money down, I would say it's going to be in L.A. Just because that's the Here's the thing. Whatever. <clears throat> Though this won't happen. What if Tampa Bay was like uh, they were drawing the biggest crowds to their games every week? Mm-hmm. Then you'd, you'd have to pick Tampa Bay, right? Because you're like, uh, that's who's getting the most you know, f- fans to show up in the first place. I mean, maybe. But also, like, if you have... Say you have, like, the New York team and the Seattle team. Like, are they going to travel to Tampa Bay? That's. I mean, they will during the season. I mean, That's true. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, <laughs> one another thing to consider with this yes. is, um, is uh, man, I just had this point on the top of my head, who has the nicest stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, uh, I almost call them the Seahawks, the Dragons, who are playing at the Seahawks Stadium, probably have the nicest stadium in the league. Yeah, you're probably right. So would you not want to just pick your nicest stadium? Hmm. That'd be another thing that you'd have to consider there. I mean, it's it's still a lot of questions on how they're going to pick which yeah. stadium to go, but at least we know it's going to be one of the home stadiums and not be some, you know, in a city that doesn't have a team yet, like uh, like San Francisco or something. Yeah. So, well, so we know that, again... Easy story, but now we have a little more confirmation. Still waiting on where that's going to be, but just something that came out this week. Yeah. Um, So our next story, this is kind of the biggest thing that happened, I think, and this is what kind of took over Twitter a couple days ago and has been taking over Twitter, Mm -hmm. is we kind of had our first transactions in this new version of the XFL, and that being trades and cuts. So at the end of last week, we saw the mini camps end, and with it came those transactions. We had two separate trades, one between the Wildcats and the Vipers, and we saw them exchange cornerbacks. It was L.A. trading cornerback Jalen Collins in exchange for uh, the Vipers' Arian Springs. So now they are on separate teams. Um, this came after uh, the first trade we saw. So this was the second trade that happened. The first trade we saw was between the Battle Hawks and the Renegades where they traded... Battlehawks traded Marcus Jones, linebacker, in exchange for wide receiver Keith Murphy. So we still need to do probably more research into why these trades happened and what value mm-hmm. they bring to the team. Mm-hmm. But I think we can talk in like a macro sense of what this means that this is happening so early. Yes. Uh, just in terms of trades. Yes. Um, um, yeah, so. Okay. Uh, one thing <laughs> that I do want to say is I believe that... Hold on, I totally just lost my train of thought. Totally left me. Sorry. Hold on. Okay. Well, you, I'll you speak on what I think this means. Sorry. I mean, I, I'm surprised we're getting trades this early. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just because these teams are still going to change, and I don't know if they've learned enough in that mini camp. I mean, I think it was two weeks. They're already mm-hmm. making trades. And unlike cuts that we're going to talk about in a second, mm-hmm. you know, are they trading these players they're not trading these players away because they think they're not talented enough or they don't think, mm-hmm. um, okay. you know, it could be attitude. Whatever reason norm- people normally cut for, trades are a little bit different than cuts. Yes. Uh, and, I was going to say in the case of the St. Louis trade for Keith Mumphrey, uh, they did 
they were already kind of down a receiver because they had mutually parted ways with Quentin Patton. That's true. So yeah. I think that was more of just, we need a receiver. Who do we like? Where's he at? How can we get him? Yeah, to me, that makes more sense. The Marcus Jones and the Keith Murray one, I mean, mm-hmm. Keith Murphy, Bumfrey. makes more sense to me than the cornerback for cornerback trade. Yeah. Um, I don't know either of these players, just like off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you if they're different. One's a zone, one's a man, one's mm-hmm. a, you know, I couldn't tell you that right mm-hmm. now, just looking at the names. Mm-hmm. But I think when we look into that more, it'll make more sense. Maybe they just needed a bigger corner or a, a guy who could play nickel. Maybe the one's a nickel, one's a, you know, like Possibly, I, those yeah. things could be, be the reason that happened. Things. It could be they didn't get along personally and this team was interested. Something like something true. as minor as that. So it's just. But uh, interesting. I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't know you could trade yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the timing of it was hilarious because in my head, because I saw the uh, Keith Mumphrey and Marcus Jones trade first, uh-huh. and then I saw the cornerback uh, trade. And in, mm-hmm. in my head, the scenario that I had in my head was they saw the first trade go through, and then the Wildcats were like, wait a minute, we can trade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably. And then for a corner, so... That, that that probably isn't what happened, but that, that's just the scenario in my head. Yeah. And I think, we'll, so we'll look into this more mm-hmm. probably for next week's show. Actually, wait, I should have announced this. Mm-hmm. Middle of oh, yeah. our news and the things. Don't think we're having a show next week. We're going to, you know, take in the holidays. We got New Year's coming up and we've got, you know, Christmas. Figure we take the week off mm-hmm. um, and regroup. Hopefully, Thomas, have a live show, you know, or like in person where we're in the same room. I'd maybe. be down. Because you're here for a little while, right? So yes, I am. Hopefully we'll be able to give that to you guys at some point. Um, but next week, probably no show. I'll announce it if anything changes, but right now, don't think there's going to be a show. So, And that'll give us time to come up with more things to talk about, because it's kind of a dry period. Because everyone's going off for Christmas, doubt there's going to be much news happening. Yep. So, Anyway, let's go on to the second part. So I said we had our first XFL trades. Now, the sadder part, we have our first XFL cuts. Um... So, specifically, we learned of the L.A. Wildcats, um, that their cuts. Uh, I did read on Twitter, though I can't sort, source this, that all teams made cuts, but none of it's been made public, like with the Wildcats. I, I don't know if that's for sure that all teams made cuts. I saw at one point they said they were cutting down to 50 mm-hmm. players. All teams were cutting down to 50 players. I'm not sure if that was a reputable source. I can't remember. It was one of those things I was scrolling through Twitter and then didn't save. So if yep. that is the case, more teams made cuts. But for sure, we know the Wildcats made their cuts. Uh, five players were cut. Um, so that was cornerback C.J. Moore, offensive tackle Anthony Morris, defensive tackle, defensive end Sean Oakman, offensive tackle Damian Prince, and linebacker Jeremiah Spicer. So of those guys, there's really two big names in that cut that I think, I mean, all the guys, you know, sad that they got cut. But there was two names that came really as a shock, I think. Mm. That was, of course, Sean Oakman and Jeremiah Spicer. Um, Oakman, of course, was one of the biggest names in the XFL because of his popularity from the memes. Yes. All the memes of him when he was at Baylor. Huge dude. Um, (coughs) So he became a meme just for being big. Uh, He had some red flag issues in terms of uh, personality, and so that could be the reason for the cuts. You know, can't confirm that, but that is one of the theories is that he's just not doesn't get along with coaches very well. Mm-hmm. But he kind of was one of the guys the Wildcats were pushing a lot on social media before uh, mini camps that they were kind of because he was one of the biggest names in the XFL, yeah. not just on the Wildcats in the XFL. He was one of the most well-known names. Uh, the other big name, of course, is Jeremiah Spicer, 
who was a fan favorite and another big name in the XFL just because of his story. Um, he was homeless when he was younger, didn't get any D1 offers, went mm-hmm. to uh, not a D1 school, I don't know what school he went to, and he eventually got into arena football where he played well there, and finally he got a shot at the XFL. They promoted him a lot on social media because he had such a great story. Players loved him, and I think that's the biggest outcry from fans right now with these cuts is that they're saying, oh, Jeremiah Spicer, you know, he deserved a shot. Like, just at least let him play one game mm-hmm. or something, you know. Yeah, so, but it's more, you know, there's more to it than that. Right, and so. so Coach Winston Moss, he spoke on this. He said, it's an ugly part of the business. It's something you don't ever want to go through. It's the first. T- uh, it's my first time having to do this. The players were very emotional. You get attached to these guys very quickly, and it hurts to see them go. He even spoke on Spicer specifically because he's such a fan favorite, and he said, Jeremiah was a special case. He deserved a shot. We gave him an opportunity. It was unfortunate we had to release him, but we have to do what's best for the Wildcats. So Mm -hmm. it seems to have been a talent issue, which sucks, but... It is uh, what it is. Yeah. Um, You know, Jeremiah Spicer, the Sean Oakwin one... I don't think made a lot of people upset, but the Jeremiah Spicer one definitely did. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of he was a fan favorite. I mean, he was just a guy that yeah. he had such a good story. I mean, everyone likes good people story. were really behind him. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, I mean, it sucks to see you guys get cut, but it's it's the nature of the business. It has um, to happen. I, I we even had you know people asking us what our opinions on that, and I don't want to be callous, but it's like. <laughs> You can't just let a guy play because he has a good story. Yeah, like, because it, it there's, you know, if he's gonna, if he's a liability in any factor of the game, then he can't be out there. That's right. just how it goes. And you feel for him. Maybe he mm-hmm. is. Maybe like he is talented. Maybe he just didn't fit with the Wildcats, mm-hmm. and we don't know. And mm-hmm. maybe he'll get picked he's up. He's still. It's still possible that he could get picked up by another team, mm-hmm. and it would make sense for another team to give him a shot. Uh, at least try him out. And you can cut him if you don't like him either. But I think another team should give him a shot. He has such a good story. You're going to get a lot of fans on your side if you do that. And I think that'd be smart for another team to just pick him up, let him try out, let him do in training camp. And if you don't, feel, if you still feel like you know he's not up to snuff with what you have, then let him go again. But I, I, I do. I Jeremiah Spicer specifically is who I feel the worst for out of all these cuts. Yes. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. It's unfortunate that that has to happen, but it has to happen. So, yeah, it's the it's the nature of the business we see in the NFL all the time. Guys mm-hmm. getting cut that we're fans of. So, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you know, hopefully he gets signed by another team. Hopefully, he gets another shot. I guess time will tell if there was more cuts. As I said, we don't know if any other team cut players, but mm-hmm. if one team did, then we'd assume other teams probably did too. Um, so we'll see who those guys are in the coming weeks. Probably uh, will be interesting to see if players move teams. It, Sean Oakman could very well get another shot on another team, uh, just mm-hmm. based on his size and his name. So that could happen. Jeremiah Spicer, hopefully too. But any of these other guys, I, none of them stick out to, as guys I know. Do you know any of the other guys? C.J. Moore, Anthony uh, Morris, Damian Prince, Prince is an offensive lineman. I believe he went to Ohio State. Uh, when he came out of Ohio State, his feet, like his footwork, was were was terrible mm-hmm. um so maybe that didn't change and if that didn't change and yeah that's absolutely why uh right. cj moore sounds familiar let me do a quick google search okay okay oh cj moore yeah he played for the lions 
Um, mm. Oh, that does sound familiar, actually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's why I don't know that. why it sounded so familiar. Uh, he was a safety for the Lions, or it says DB, so he probably played both. I don't know anything yeah. about him besides that, so he's probably just a f- – I don't want to say just a filling guy because clearly he's good at football, but uh, probably not a playmaker or anything like that, and eh, he's only 24. I don't know then. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, It's very well that all these guys could end up on another team. We'll just yeah, see what like happens, this, I'm this, sure. As you said, the Wildcats weren't the only team to cut yeah, uh, people. It's the only ones we're aware of yes. at this moment. Yes. So, okay. Well, that's it for news and notes this week. Uh, we'll probably have updates on any of these stories if anything changes next. Oh, I guess we're not having a show next week. Next time we have a show, we'll give you any updates <laughs> if anything changes in terms of these stories. But interesting to see what happens with these players and if any more players get put on waivers. Because cut is a little rough. They are on the waivers, so anyone can pick them up. Mm. So, all right. Well, that's our news and notes. Let's move on to the big chunk of our show. Big Chungus. Our Big Chungus of the show. Our Sons, part two. Uh, defensive side, special teamers. And let's get it started. Um, I think I went first last week, so you go first this week. Okay. Yeah. Dallas right. Renegades. So. Who is your son? My Dallas Renegades son is T. Gray Scales, linebacker at a University of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this guy, while he was at Indiana, was a tackle machine. Um, I talked about him a little bit in our inaugural episode, um, right. but just literally, if he's around the play, the play was being stopped uh, more often than not. Uh, he plays above his weight class. He is, he is a little undersized for a linebacker, but it doesn't really show up on tape too much uh, in terms of contact and making contact. Uh, he's fine in coverage. I would even say that he's acceptable for an NFL level in coverage. Uh, he is not going to be a liability in coverage whatsoever. Like, he'll be fine. Uh, and he finds work, even when he's not, you know, a, a, a in the right gap for the play or anything like that. He'll find something to do, um, which is a very important trait for a linebacker to have. I love T. Gary Scales. Uh, I believe he was on the Steelers practice squad for a while, and I think he bounced around a couple more practice squads, but uh, he was a guy I wanted the Browns to draft and wish we drafted him. <laughs> Love Tigar Scales. Think he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask if he was ever on the Browns. No, but he was one of the guys who, I, whenever I do my thousands of mock drafts leading up to the actual draft, uh, I would always mock him to the Browns in the later rounds because I, I, I love Tigar Scales. Right. Okay. So I also picked. So is he. Do you know he's more of a. Outside linebacker, middle linebacker? Uh, so he won't be a middle linebacker traditionally in like a, a 4-3 where there's only, th- or, yeah, where there's only like three linebackers on the field. He can play inside if he has another, like he can play a strong side inside linebacker, mm-hmm. um, but he's probably more suited to be an outside linebacker just because he can cover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I also have, well, different. I have yeah. a pass rusher for you the Renegades. Yeah, so he is. He can play outside linebacker, but more so as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just what he does. And who I'm talking about is Haoli Kikaha. So he's from the University Brilliant. of Washington. Plays for the Dallas Renegades. He was their actually their first round selection uh, from this phase. Don't remember which phase it was, but the whatever the front the seven front phase seven was, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he was their first selection for the Dallas Renegades. He was the guy who. 
when we went over in that first episode that I pre- predicted to be the uh, defensive MVP. Mm-hmm. So, um, he is absolutely like a producer as a pass rusher um, at Washington. He broke the school's record for career sacks after a season after a senior season. He recorded 14 sacks on that year, so he reached 36 for his career, broke their record. So obviously, he was a producer in college. Um, he got into the NFL. He was like a really productive guy in the NFL for his rookie season. Uh, four sacks, 52 tackles on only 14 full games, and he wasn't taking starting snaps every play and, and when he was with the uh, Saints. Mm-hmm. So he would end up tearing his ACL the next season, be ruled out, and then he came back, had another good year for limited snaps, 12 games, another four sacks, but then he injured his ankle, and so he was waived the following year, and he just hasn't played anywhere since. Yeah. And so you, I always feel bad for guys who... You know, were promising guys. Maybe they weren't game breakers, but they were productive and probably could have kept playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But then they get their careers derailed by injury, and so you know, a guy like that, I always feel like has a shot to get back in the NFL if he can prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah, if he has a good season with the XFL. Mm-hmm. So I root for guys, you know, who, who can get a second chance. So that's one of the reasons why he's my son. But even just as a player, he's like a really, really productive pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Like. That's obvious. If you just look at his stats, you watch him play. He's great at rushing the, uh, the quarterback. But the stats don't tell the whole story because he has a fair amount of tackles, but like he has a lot of not tackles for loss, but like tackles you know, for a one-yard gain. Yeah. He's really good at like containing outside runs. Even if he doesn't get the tackle, he can force the, the um, outside guy, the tackle, to seal off that edge, force the guy back inside, someone else will get the tackle, he won't get very... In the yards, he just seems productive, even though he's not a game breaker. Mm-hmm. He's a guy when I watched his tape that I'm just not sure why he's not on an NFL roster, and the the only reason I could think of is because he was injured. Yeah. Uh, so when you get injured and you don't, you take a break, uh, kind of like this guy did. I assume he's just getting healthy, uh, yeah. just for the litany of injuries you have. But the bad side of that is when you take a break, uh, a lot of teams. Just is just the mentality of the NFL. It's like, oh, well, he's soft or he's or he's washed. So, right. like, so, even though that may not necessarily be correct, it's that's just what it is. So, and that's that's what I think. He's, it's going to good chance for him in the XFL to show he still got it. Get back in the NFL. He's one of the guys that's probably going to only play for one season. If he does well, mm-hmm. he'll move on to the NFL. I don't think he has long term plans. You know, staying in the XFL, he could, I guess, but mm-hmm. I think he'd want to. He's he's pretty young. I could see him wanting to get back into the NFL. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy, I still think he's probably going to be the defensive MVP. He's still the guy. He's just, when you watch his tape, he's an NFL level talent. He could even be really good, I mm. think, if he just had no injuries, just had time to develop. Like, he wasn't a guy who was going to be his rookie season be the best, but like, he could have been an older, more veteran guy who, not a Pro Bowl guy, but like a good guy, like a very solid starter. Yeah. And so. I'm hoping he'll get his chance, and that's why I'm rooting for him. That's why Hauli Kikaha is my son for the Dallas Renegades on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Well, now we're going to move on to. Oh, you got something to say? No, you're what? good. I was going to move on as well, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to the DC Defenders. You go first here. All right. Your son. So my son on the DC Defenders is one Scooby Wright, who is a linebacker out of the University of Arizona. 
there's a player, there's a linebacker, actually a Texas Tech alum, but that's not why I like him, uh, who right. played for the Dolphins, named Zach Thomas. He was an undersized linebacker that basically always knew where to be and how to get there. Uh, Scooby Wright is basically the light version of that. Uh, he is, like, if you, every comparison, every trait he has is like, oh, Zach Thomas, oh, Zach Thomas, oh, Zach Thomas, uh, which is a very, very, very good thing. Uh, he just, he knows what the play is. Like, you watch some of his tape from Arizona, especially his, I don't know if it was his senior season or his junior season, but one of, this last season before he left for the draft, he diagnosed his plays before they happen. Uh, it's awesome to watch it, because uh, you can kind of see him, him shade a little bit on the inside or get a little more, more outside leverage, and then it's like, oh, that's where the play was going. So, it's just awesome to see. Um, that's, that's great <laughs> that makes me giggle mm-hmm. makes me smile uh and he is super productive in college uh i believe he was at one time or at least either his senior season or junior season he led the ncaa in tackles so pretty oh, good okay. um is, is is it bad that i don't know who zach thomas is uh no because he's very <laughs> underrated he should be in the hall of fame but he's not um okay. but but he's very very good yeah, I remember really Scooby right. Um, yeah, Zach Thomas. Got the a... name that jumps out to me when I look. I remember him getting drafted. It's, it's just one of those names like mm-hmm. that's not only because the name Scooby, mm-hmm. but like I remember <laughs> him playing in the NFL. Um, obviously, I don't know a ton about him. He didn't. Yes. You know, he's not a really uh, very good athlete. Like he ran like a mm-hmm. four. I think I ran a faster forty than him in high school, which is. Mm. You know, <laughs> That's not very good. Um, but uh, it just—it's different when he's on field. On field, and maybe he's just not fast enough to play at the NFL level, which is possible. But right. just he knows where to be and how to get there. And that's if you get, if you're an A plus on that, you can be a, like you can be a D plus on other things. So okay, he's just really good at that. So me and you have very just an observation before I move on to my son. Me and you have very um, different reasons why people become our sons. <laughs> why would you, you like say that? you like like you really look into their play a lot. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I just like how he plays. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, it's like I just I either like their story or I have some. You'll see on one of my other players why I like a player. And mm-hmm. I do like his play, but like that's not the reason he first became a player I liked. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? for me, like. I feel like I feel like everyone has a story, you know what I mean? And while not right. everyone's like Jeremiah Spicer where they were left in a trash can when they were a baby, that's that's another level up. But like everyone's got a story and nobody pessimism pessimistic Thomas here, but nobody is as perfect or as nice as they may seem, but also nobody is whatever. I just the story stuff, a lot of that gets puffed up by if they get focused on and I don't tend to gravitate towards that is all. So that would be why. Gotcha. But that's just my opinion okay. on that. Right. You're just heartless and cold. Sure, yes. We'll go with that. Gotcha. Okay. So my son for the D C defenders, free safety, Raheem Moore out of UCLA. Um he was a prolific guy in college. Uh not really the reason why he's my son, but I figured I'd mention it. Um he was named to several, you know, all American, all Pac twelve kind of stuff. Um, he led the nation at one point with 10 interceptions. So really good in, uh, college. I think he got picked in the second round, if I'm correct. Um, so he went on to play for the Broncos. 
where he kind of got screwed by the Broncos. And it's like, usually I feel like it's not so much, see, this is the thing. You, you, you were trying to make it like, oh, you, you're getting uh, swayed by public perception. Mm-hmm. But like, everyone hates this guy, <laughs> especially if you're a Broncos fan. Because like, lots of people want to label him as a thug, mm-hmm. as like a dirty player. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I want to call it undisciplined, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. He's just he's he has a lot of talent and he doesn't know how to control the talent and he has mm-hmm. he's very aggressive but he doesn't know how to control it and I think that's how the XFL will help him. Um, so he got screwed by the Broncos because they were in the playoffs and there was very easy play. I uh, think like Minnesota Miracle where they were playing against the Ravens in the playoffs. The Broncos were. It was like a streak down the sideline. Joe Flacco chucking it up to Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones, yep. And he tries to make a play on, and he trips, and it's just awful. And the scores touchdown, they lose the game. And so he kind of fell out of favor with the Broncos because of that. Um, and I just I hate that someone's career can get tainted by one play like that. Like mm-hmm. he's solid. He you know he makes some little mistakes, but he's overall he has a lot of talent. And if you you know you work on him, he can get better. I know he was on the Browns for like a, a day or something. A yeah. Week. <laughs> Do you know why he's no longer on the <laughs> why uh, that was only so a So he was stand? on the Browns. He really I don't I don't even remember if he was really actually made the team. No. Uh so he didn't. He, he well he initially made the Browns fifty three man roster and then was released the day after, which sucks. Um yeah. but I think he was just the product of who we had at the mm-hmm. time because that's when we had let me do a quick Google search. I believe that's when we signed Dante Whitner, which is hilarious because mm. Dante Whitner was fucking terrible for Cleveland. But um, <laughs> let's see. Those are my free agents. I don't care about that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when we had Dante Whitner, and uh, we still had Deshaun Gibson as well at this point. So right. We he were, just didn't make we were fine at safety, and we just we didn't we didn't need him, and we were confident yeah. that Dante Whitner wouldn't be ass, but alas, he was. And I mean, Dante Whitner is a good safety, and he had a good career, but he just was not good for the Browns. Not at really all. with the Browns. He he got yeah. blocked by Peyton Manning. That's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes. back to Raheem Moore. Yes, Raheem Moore. Yes. <laughs> so, another reason he's my son is he's just kind of that old school DB where he he's not you know, the most technically sound guy in the world, mm-hmm. but he's just aggressive as hell, and he likes to lay big hits on receivers after they catch the ball, mm-hmm. which is pretty dangerous and definitely has went out of favor mm-hmm. recently because, you know, we want to, you know, safety and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to watch. Like, you got to admit, it's fun to watch. And when you see a guy lay a big hit, that you know, that's part of the reason we all became fans of football is we liked seeing this aggressive, you know, testosterone-fueled game where people were running into each other and smacking the shit out of each other. Like like I said with running backs, like how I like power backs more than I do elusive backs, even though we don't see power backs anymore, really. Yeah. They're few and far between. Mm-hmm. I just like aggressive football. And so he's one of those guys who just knocks the fuck out of everyone he plays against, and it'll get him in a lot of trouble, as I said, with his discipline stuff. Like, he has talent, he's fast, he can lay big hits, and... But he can just make dumb errors, little mistakes where he's not being disciplined. He can't kind of control his aggressiveness. He'll hit people late. He'll do shit like that that'll cost himself or his team. And I'm just hoping he goes to the XFL. Maybe he cleans it up. Maybe he doesn't. He's a kind of guy where I could see him being the XFL for a little while, which is something I like because mm-hmm. I feel like I can root for him for longer than one season. Mm-hmm. Um, will he get back in the NFL? I'm not sure. But... 
I think he's a fun guy to watch, and if he can just control his... If he can just have a little more discipline, he can play at a higher level. He's not the best coverage guy, but I like watching him smack the shit out of people and hit people hard. So that's why he's my son for the DC Defenders. All right. Well, (laughs) that's a good reason. Uh, So my son on the DC Defenders... Or, I'm sorry, we're moving on. You already gave me your son, Thomas. Jeez. You're all mixed up. Moving on to the Houston Roughnecks, Thomas. All right. Who's your son for the Houston Roughnecks? My son for the Houston Roughnecks is Ty Schwab, who is a linebacker at a Boston college. Okay. Uh, So Ty Schwab, looking at his tape, plays like a fucking psycho, uh, which is good. (laughs) I say that in the nicest way possible. That's not play like a psycho where you're Brian Cushing and you headbutt people with your helmet. Uh, Gotcha. This dude is... As soon as the helmet's on and the whistle blows, he is 110% just pedal to the absolute metal uh, until the play is over. Uh, he's a fucking, he's your, nah, he's your classic run-stopping uh, linebacker, but he can cover tight ends. Uh, right. When he got to Boston College, he actually came to Boston College, this is hilarious, because he hated Florida State because they didn't give him an offer because it was like his dream to play for Florida State. And he was like certain that he was going to play for Florida State because he was a he was a highly touted recruit, and they just didn't give mm-hmm. him an offer. So he came to Boston College, and the whole time his whole motivating was like, "Yo, fuck Florida State," <laughs> which <laughs> I can respect. Uh, so yeah, uh, this guy played with Harold Landry, who is now an edge rusher for the mm-hmm. Titans, yeah, uh, and good. he was he's he was really good at making the opposing offenses. Uh, respect his presence and either not really not rely on middle of the field plays too much uh, just because mm-hmm. he's there. Uh, really, he, he has a really good range as a tackler. Uh, a lot of these, the thumper type linebackers like are more like, you have to be head up on you until they can lay the wood? He can still get you by your shoelaces and be just fine. Um, I just really like Tashua. Plays like a psycho, nonstop, relentless motor. Uh, looks awesome in shoulder pads. He's a little short, uh, but yeah, sideline, sideline range. He just, he's great. I like Ty Schwab. Can I do a little sidebar on something you said, like at the very beginning? So I, want, I didn't want to cut you off, but sure. I want to mention yes. it now. Go for it. So um, you were talking about Brian Cushing headbutting people with his helmet on? Mm, with his helmet so, off. Oh, with his helmet off. Yes. Well, okay, well, still, this, is, this will still be. Um, I can still tell the story, even though it's not quite accurate. Go for um, it. So you started playing football in high school, like freshman year, right? Yes. Okay. So um, in junior high, we, mm-hmm. I can't remember this kid's name. We had one kid. Oh, uh, his name was Travis. Mm-hmm. And he would go by, and he would when we were when we were um, in junior high, he would grab people by their face masks and just headbutt the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. With both of them would have their helmets on. Mm-hmm. He'd headbutt the fuck out of people. Yes. And he would do that in, in like a playful way. And one time he did it to this one kid, and I do not remember this kid's name. He headbutted the fuck out of him, and he gave the kid a concussion, and he was out for like six weeks. Oh, God. <laughs> it was just something I remember when you said headbutt people. But uh has nothing to do with your son. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know his last name, but I don't want to say his last name. That's fine. You um, don't have to. I, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. You might already know who I'm talking about. My senior year of high school, there was a player that did the same thing and did it to me because I was the first one standing there, and I was not prepared and did not feel good, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure I caught 
maybe I don't think I got concussed, but it was like, ow, what the fuck? And it was, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. So, don't do that. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. You're not tough. So hopefully you're not Ty cool. Schwab. You're retarded. <laughs> We'll we'll tie we'll tie this back to Ty Schwab. Yes. Um. Hopefully he doesn't play like that. Hopefully no, he's he a, does not. He's, he's a psycho, but he won't be headbutting. He people. plays like a psycho. He's not a psycho. <laughs> Big difference. Got you. <laughs> okay. Well, somehow I tied that back to Ty Schwab. We're gonna move on to my son for the Houston Roughnecks. So he's actually kind of a similar guy. He's not. Uh, he's definitely a run stopping. Mm-hmm. Backer, not great in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Edmund Robinson from Newberry College. Have you ever heard of Newberry College? I have not, sir. Neither have I. So he, that's a Division II school. So Robinson was the first Division II player selected from his draft class, and it was the Vikings who selected him in the seventh round of the 2015 draft. He was also the first player selected from his school since 1974. So, you know, always rooting for small, uh, small school guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we want him to get a shot. Uh, of course. He did play in the NFL. He was actually part of one of my all-time favorite Vikings draft classes. It was the class, the 2015 class, included Stephon Diggs. Yep. right? Eric Kendricks. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Pretty Daniel good. Hunter. Fantastic. And Trey Waynes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Waynes. Eh. He's all right. He's fine. I'm okay with him staying with the Vikings. All right. I don't need to get rid of him. So he played his first two seasons with the Vikings, and I remember him filling in for an injured Anthony Barr. At one point, he started a game because Anthony Barr had gotten hurt that year, Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously he played the run very well, but he definitely was. Like, we would take him out on passing situations. But he did record a pass deflection in that first start, so I guess they ran a pass play, and, you know, he, he did something good, so... I guess he's not a complete liability, but he's not a guy you want on the field in past situations, probably. Yeah. Um, but can play the run very well. Uh, interestingly, the next week after Anthony Barr had come back, he only played six snaps, but he racked up five tackles on those six snaps. Sufficiency. That's productive. <laughs> you know, if you're only getting six snaps, five of those plays, you're making the tackle. So mm-hmm. um, always rooting for former Vikings as long as they didn't hurt me, Percy Harvin. All right. So that's why I'm rude. That's why he's my son. Not a ton to it, but he hurt me because he was like, "Oh, I got migraines. I just don't want to play for you guys." There you go. And and then he went to the Seahawks, and they got to the Super Bowl. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) I have a Percy Harvin jersey. God damn it! You have several Vikings jerseys. (laughs) I know, but most of them didn't hurt me. Most of them didn't hurt me. Percy Harvin, he hurt me. He hurt you bad. He was a guy I loved. (laughs) He hurt me. Um, right. Do you know anything about Edmund Robinson? Uh, no, I actually he escapes my vast knowledge. So he he's actually one of those guys that I see like when I look at um, people talking about the defenses. I've looked up some things, you know, and some articles, and he's one of those guys they bring up. I couldn't find like a ton of um, like like I, I I don't know. He must have played elsewhere. I think he played. He did. He played for the Arizona Hotshots. Nah, in the, the AF. I think he was AF. good there, but I, in the AF. But when I looked up his stats, they didn't blow me away. So I don't know why he's regarded so highly. But I, he's a former Vikings guy, so of course I'm rooting for him. And he's mm-hmm. Division Two guy, small school guys you root for. So he's my son. Mm-hmm. There's actually not a ton of Roughnecks players that I'm rooting for. I'm just going to root for them as a team. They're the hometown team. And I love Philip Walker. I love Philip Walker. Um, <laughs> Edmund Robinson, he, he's, he's cool. He's a Viking. He's cool. He was a Viking. Cool guy. So, uh, wish the best for him. You are my honorary son 
So we're gonna move on to the LA Wildcats. LA Wildcats. Can I? Can I? Are you gonna say something? I'm sorry. Go for it. I don't know what you're gonna say. What I'm gonna say here is obviously, Tawan Jones is our guy. Yeah, friend of the show, Tawan Jones. Of course. He can't be our son. Mm -hmm. Sadly. Cannot. He's friend of the show, but we—he's my favorite player on the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if you feel the same, mm-hmm. but I like Tawan Jones a lot. He would be my son if he could be. Yes, but he's not. So you go first. Who is your son All on right. the defense or special teams of the Wildcats? Yes, I don't have any special team sons because I didn't look at it because I forgot. But defense, defensively. Uh, my son is Jalen Dunlap, who I put cornerback here, but is really more of just overall defensive back from the University of Illinois. Uh, this dude, I, so when I was growing up, I was a Michigan fan. Uh, so I still watch Michigan games to this day, and I still watch um, Big Ten games usually because that's what's on. Uh, and right. I get to watch some Illinois games, and although this guy has been really unlucky with injuries, um, whenever he's played, he's he's been like the dude on that defense uh he's a long corner uh he's like six foot 200 pounds which for a corner is big and he just he could keep up with guys uh he does (coughs) excuse me one moment pause for cough (coughs) all right he does have the the absolute alpha move of being a cornerback and wearing number one and I respect it big respect Uh, but (laughs) you can tell he was kind of the big dog at Illinois and that he was really just hampered by injuries he is from Chicago so he uh, stayed Mm -hmm. home but he could have gone other spots and he stuck with Illinois so Jalen Dunlap I think he's got really great potential he's still super young so we'll see if he even if he can stay healthy he might not be in the XFL for long yeah yeah okay right. makes sense i don't nice. know anything about this guy um but i do like big corners like how You're big are we big. talking here he's six foot 200 pounds feller how, how big is this guy how big are we talking he's girthy like tall he's six foot how six foot yeah mm. i like yeah, him for, more around the six two range six two well that's and you're looking at safeties feller but anyway well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. How tall? I actually, I was gonna say it, and then I thought who I was gonna say, and then I've since not liked this guy anymore. I was gonna say Xavier Rhodes. Xavier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this year is a bad example because he was but, really uh, good at one point. Yeah, but he's a tall dude. Yes. So, I was thinking maybe he's like Xavier Rhodes, like, but hopefully not. Hopefully um, not. All right, my son for the LA Wildcats uh, is a special teamer. My only special teamer on this list. Nick Novak, he's a kicker from Maryland. So, upon further research, like, I, everyone knows who Nick Novak is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of those dudes who's been around forever, like, forever, forever, and he's been on, like, a ton of teams, and he's that guy who, like, he was never, like, a starter and stayed with teams for, like, a long period of time, you know, not a Robbie Gould, those kind of guys, or Justin Tucker or anything, but he's one of those guys who, like, was brought in a lot because someone was injured or someone was awful, and they're like, hey, we need a kicker. And, like, mm-hmm. last minute, we need a kicker. And he was that guy who would come in. Uh, he did have a longer stint with the Chargers, but he's been on, like, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Cardinals, the Jets. Um, he's even been on a team I've, like, he, he was on In research of him, I learned of something I didn't even know existed called uh, NFL Europa, mm-hmm. which... Um, 
I have no clue what that is. But um <laughs> NFL in Europa. <laughs> but it apparently discontinued. He was in the last season of it. Uh he only played, you know, one season, but apparently very good there too. Um, he holds like a bunch of like all time stuff and like he's like, you know, in the twenties and all time and like forty yard field goals and stuff like that. He's just like this most experienced guy. Um he's one of the most recognizable names to me in the entire XFL. I, I probably even considered him during our kicking woes to come in and save us. But now we have Dan Bailey. He's all right. Yeah. Um, but Nick Novak is one of those guys you just know a lot about and everyone knows who he is. Um, and I, I want to root for the guy cause he's, you know, he's stuck with the game for years. I think he got drafted in, or you know, I think he was undrafted in 2005 and he's still kicking it. You know, 14 ha, years ha, later ha, ha. and some... Yeah, right? Ha, ha, ha. Nick the Kick Novak. <laughs> He's still kicking it. Still kicking it. Um, <laughs> it's actually his nickname, apparently. is Nick the Kick Novak. Nick the Kick. Uh, he was like a legend in Maryland. Like He's like legendary at the University of Maryland. Because um, he was just so good there. Mm. And he won all these awards. And he was like listed as like one of the greatest athletes ever to come out of Maryland. Wow, <laughs> it's it's this guy's crazy. He's just been he's been around for so long, and he's just one of those names that like I was like, oh Nick Novak, he's in the XFL, and you know you gotta support a guy who's been playing for 14 years. Like you know what, I'm gonna go play for an alternative league. Yeah, even though I you know, I could probably retire, I've probably made enough money in 14 years of work, but you know he still wants to kick the ball, and now he's kicking it for the LA Wildcats. I support my son Nick Novak. Support my son Nick Novak. Do you still support him when he's peeing on the sideline? Yes, I saw this and I actually made me like him more. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta pee. You I don't know what to covert what to tell operation. You. So how do you think he, yeah. he fucking was he like, hey, hey, listen. <laughs> I got about pee. the peeing situation? I gotta pee. <laughs> Can you hold this towel while I pee? And they're like, the locker room is ready. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Well, if you read, let me let me click this because there's a little description that I was about to ask a question. And then I just saw in the description explaining exactly why I thought this might have happened. So before fourth down comes, he takes an opportunity to relieve tension and his bladder while waiting for the call. Ah. He doesn't have time to run to the locker room and pee. But he's really got to pee. And you're not going to, if 13-13 with a minute left, you want to have to pee while you're kicking the game-winning field goal? I don't think so. You're right. You're right. And he doesn't have time to run the locker room pee because he's about to run out there and kick the game-winning field goal. So, just saying, can't just blame saying, him for that. Can't blame. I mean, I don't blame him at all. I just it just must have been like, hey, <laughs> trainerman, <laughs> do you have a towel? <laughs> what did he pee into? I assume a cup, unless he just just let that thing hang out all over the ground. That'd be. I don't know why I clicked to. What second was that? What's it? Hold up. You're good. I just heard him, so I clicked like a random second. It was like five seconds, and all I hear is the commentator go, Range is. <laughs> I don't know Range where that is. came from. Hey, you know, maybe it's a he, weird video. Maybe he needed to release some stress the other way, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? This makes me like him more. I don't even know, like, good on him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to risk messing up the kick, so he had to pee. Had to pee. You gotta I give it to him. That's a professional. A and not on the Gatorade rack because that's nasty. Yeah, I hope he did too. <laughs> I doubt he peed on the Gatorade now, rack. Now, the pro move would be to pee in the cup and then leave the cup on the little cart so then someone picks it up thinking it's Gatorade and then take a sip <laughs> and they're like, oh, I want Gatorade. That's that like a classic wrestling move. rib. 
That would be the troll move. <laughs> if this was wrestling, that would have been what happened. Drink my piss. <laughs> but all these, but Nick Novak's probably scared of all these gigantic dudes. And but he's no like one would know. Well, people would know because he got televised. But he assumed no, the cameras weren't like. Oh, get he's peeing. Get a fucking close up. Get in there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that made me like Nick Novak more. You are my son, Nick Novak. Push my so, let's go, Wildcats. Let's see some good field goals out of you. All right, moving on. Kick the ball. Nick the kick Novak. That's right. We're moving on to the New York Guardians. All right. So you go first on this one. So the New York Guardians, this is actually tough for me, as I was talking with Justin before the show, because the New York Guardians have three linebackers who I consider my son. However, I can only pick one as the ultimate son. So, my ultimate son of the New York Guardians defensive squad is Frank Ginda, who is a linebacker out of San Jose State University. Uh, this dude, uh, again, kind of the same mold as Scooby Wright, just a fucking tackle machine. Um, mm-hmm. He led the NCAA in tackles in his last season. Uh, he is undersized, and he is maybe not quite as good of an, a- an athlete for the NFL. But goddamn, if he's not a run stuffer, and he actually isn't that bad of a block shedder as well, which will actually make him a little bit of a pass rusher. Uh, he's not bendy enough to be on the outside, so he's not really going to be an outside linebacker in really any scheme. Um, he'll be—I don't want to say plug and play because he does have limitations. Um, but if you need, he'll be your two-down run-stopping linebacker. He'll be your goal line linebacker. Uh, he'll be your jumbo package linebacker just because he can he can fucking bring you down, um, and he knows how to get to the ball. Uh, so kind of the same mold as Scooby Wright, uh, which is unfortunate because that's usually the type of linebacker I like, where they're not necessarily good athletes, but they just have great football instincts, uh, right. which, which means they don't play in the NFL because the NFL is full of super athlete crazy people uh, who also have good instincts. Who also have good instincts. <laughs> And even if they don't, usually they're just super athletic, crazy people who can just say fuck it and succeed anyway. So, right. Uh, yeah, I like Frank Ginda, another guy I wanted the Browns to draft, but did not. So, hopefully, this is a stepping okay. stone for me. Another back guy. On the NFL I team. Have, I've never even heard of this name. Mm-hmm. See, this is what happens. I don't watch college football, so like you mm-hmm. know a bunch of guys because of college football, and I'm, I'm like everybody. They were probably like third stringers in the NFL. <laughs> I have no clue who they are. <laughs> But, uh, okay. Um, so my son for the New York Guardians is a defensive end. And this is my son, Toby Johnson, out of Georgia. And I'm going to do this right now, and this might sound awful on the mic. All right. All right. Skull! Skull! <laughs> Another Viking son for me. Another Viking son. But this is the one I actually remember playing, and I actually like a lot, so... Okay. Edmund Robinson, I don't. I remember him very because I remember when we drafted him. I remember his name, but he didn't like click immediately when I saw the name until I researched him. But this guy is a guy I remember. So this is my son. He rocked the number sixty nine jersey with the Vikings for one season. Classic. Um, he was effective in that season. He was never a star. He filled in for Sharif Floyd, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when Sharif Floyd got injured a lot because he got injured a lot. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he rocked the sixty nine jersey like my boy Jared Allen. Um, he was just this really rotund, strong dude. Like, he didn't light up the stat sheet, but he was like one of those guys, as Chris Sims says, uh, who fucks the play up. 
<laughs> so he's not necessarily like a stat patter. Yes. He brings a lot of pressure, and he makes the play not happen as it's intended to. Yes. He's very powerful. He overpowered a shit ton of guards. And he was not one for like flashy moves, but he just bull the shit out of linemen and just run them back into the quarterback. And the quarterback would just throw like a not great pass. Or he'd just have to throw it to the person he didn't want to throw it to. So he's just one of those guys who's like super powerful, like an immovable object. Like he's he's a prototypical. Um, they haven't they say DN here, but he's more like a you know he's an interior guy. Yeah, he played in a scheme that would be considered DN, but he was more of an interior guy. Um, just really gigantic dude, very prototypical interior D lineman. Um, he's not a sack master, but he just brings a lot of pressure, forces the quarterback to move around. Um, on run plays, he's like an immovable object. Like he never, I never saw him getting really pushed back. He he was he'd stand his ground because he's so large. Uh-huh. Um, he fills gaps very well, like on run plays. He he's always in his gap because he just can't be moved. Mm-hmm. And what he lacks in speed, he makes up for in girth. Girth. He's just a classic old school fat D tackle. It's my kind of dude. I miss those kind of dudes. We're so, we have so many athletic D linemen now. I just want a dude who's not super athletic, a little chubby, a little fat, doesn't get moved. Vince Wilfork like, just a big ass dude. And that's just, he just wrecks havoc on run plays. He's quick as shit for being as big as he is. He's a good first step. Disruptor, I just love, I liked watching his tape. Because again, like, I remember him, but I haven't thought about him in a long time. Doing research, I get to watch his tape again. I'm like, this dude. Is just he wrecks havoc, quick as shit. He's he's fat and he fucks shit up. And he's I like fat. That. <laughs> That's my son, Scott Toby Johnson. He's fat. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm fat, so I can call people fat. Fair enough. So it's all right. We're all a little fat. It's all right. All right, we're moving on to the Seattle Dragons. Alrighty. All righty. So, so who is your son here? Uh, my son here, not the first son I've ever had, but one of the first players where I was like. You know, I like like something about you, and I don't know what it is. Uh, Will Sutton. He is interior D-line out of Arizona State University. Uh, He played a little bit with the Chicago Bears, and I believe one other team, but I don't know what other team. Uh, So this dude is just a big old athlete. Uh, He's got crazy testing numbers for his size. Um, He's just, everything Mm -hmm. he does is quick. You Uh, know what other team he played for? What other team he played for? Skull. Did he really? Skull. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, there you go. So he should be her honorary son as well. Um, so All right, go on. You're good. Um, so everything he does is just quick. Um, if he's shedding a block, the problem with that is that if he doesn't get it right away, he, then he gets destroyed. <laughs> Uh, which mm-hmm. is why he's kind of not stuck anywhere too long in the NFL uh, because it was either, sweet, you've shed the block and you've made the play, or it's your gap is now a mile wide, which is you, it can't happen uh, in the NFL. So, But, as I said, everything he does is quick. Uh, he's an impressive block shedder. Uh, he does it more often than not. And he'll zero in quickly. So if, even if he's on the opposite technique of the center, where the uh, run is going, like say they're doing an outside type run and it goes the opposite way where he's at, his closing speed is fucking nuts for someone of his size. Uh, he's run down, especially in college, he ran down a lot of running backs from behind uh, before they get into top gear, of course. But 
still. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big athlete, big fella. I like him a lot. He's got cool dreads. Right. I'm um, looking at his AAF stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 tackles, a sack, and two pass knockdowns in eight games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like the two pass knockdowns. He seems to have pretty big-ass arms. I'm looking at his arm He does. Too. He's got some impressive triceps. All right. I like him. That's a good son pick. <laughs> and someone I considered. And I, I don't remember. I was like, why did I consider him? And then I, he was on the Vikings. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, all right. My Seattle Dragon son. Sterling Moore, cornerback from SMU, Southern Methodist University. So, I remember this guy playing in the NFL, and that a lot of that, you know, contributes if I can remember it. You know, I hate to pick a guy that I'm like, oh, I just learned about him now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I remember Sterling Moore playing. Um, he had a memorable season with the Pats. He was kind of it was their 2011, 2012 run where they got to the Super Bowl and lost to the Giants, mm-hmm. and he made a key play in the AFC Championship game, uh, and. He, he's just a guy I remember for that season. Um, he's pretty good in coverage. Like I think that's his strongest suit. He has a lot of... Uh, um, what am I trying to say? He has a lot of... Uh, not. I don't want to say talent. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is the other thing besides talent. Like you want talent and... What is the word I'm looking Work for? Work ethic? No, like skill. Like skill. learned skills. Okay. You know? I, 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 There's a I word for that that I can't think of. Talent and technique. Technique. Okay. Technique. Technique. He has good technique. All right. All right. So he he has good technique. Um, he has a knack for deflecting passes. Like he's really good at deflecting passes. He's not the biggest like ball hawk in the world, mm-hmm. but he can get an interception. Um, he's great at deflecting passes. Uh, he never really got a stable job in the NFL, and but he would fill in as like a reserve guy, a guy who'd like they'd fill in for an injured guy, or he'd be lower on the depth chart, and then find his way to starting when they needed him. Um, and he competed well whenever he would get in those situations where he actually got to play a lot. And you kind of he, he was just one of those guys who could fill in for injured players really well on several teams. He had a lot of experience. One of the things I really like about him is he's like one of those players in the XFL that we don't have too many of them. Most of them are young guys that um, in the XFL right now. But he's one of those guys who's not too old. Like, he's I think he's 29. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to retire anytime soon. Yeah. But he's kind of too old to His really shut. like make a name for himself in the NFL mm-hmm. and like become a you know a starter in the NFL again. And he's one of those guys. And this kind of sounds bad to say, but I could just see him being with the XFL for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I like guys I can root for for a few years in the XFL because I don't want you know as much as some of these my sons are guys who I'm like oh I hope you get back to the NFL. This is a guy who can keep playing for the Dragons and be like oh. You know, he'll be good. He's going to be perennially a good defender in the XFL. He has a lot of experience. Um, and hopefully he's, I don't know if they have their version of a Pro Bowl, but he's a guy I could see, like, he could just be one of the better corners in the league just because of his experience. Like, he's never going to be too flashy, but I don't think he's going to give up a ton of big plays. Really consistent. He's a guy I like a lot. So, my son, Sterling Moore, the Seattle Dragons. Sweet. All right. Let's move on. All right. So, we're moving on the to the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yes, the St. Louis Battlehawks. Now, uh, so, the Battlehawks defense, as I was looking through, a lot of old dudes who I know of, but I don't want to say are my son because their, their prime playing days were before I really started seriously watching football. So, I didn't want to be like, right. like you said, where it's like, well, I just found out about this guy now. But then, 
I saw a name that I did recognize and didn't know where I recognized it from. And it was Andrew Ankra. Ankra? Ankra. Whatever. Ankra. Ankra. Whatever. Who Ankra. I have lifted as a, listed as an edge from uh, James Madison University. Now, okay. this dude is an AAF alum. He played for the Orlando Apollos. Uh, right. Who had the fucking... That's a sick-ass name. But anyway... Um, mm-hmm. They were also the best team, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, this dude is an athlete. Uh, he's honestly... He's got the measurements for an NFL player. Uh, and looking at some of his tape, it just kind of seems like... Not that he doesn't know what to do, but there's definite gaps that even... Even me, who I don't know shit about shit, uh, I'm like, well, I don't know why you did that specific thing there. Or why you didn't do this here, or what you should have done was this. Not that I know shit about fucking shit. Um, but just stuff that he can be coached up on, and I think he's only 22. So uh, this guy was actually on the Redskins. Uh, I don't know if it was their practice squad or just their preseason roster for a while. Um, but he's just very young, very raw. Uh, he's got all the tools. He just needs to be coached and needs to be developed into a football player. Uh, he's another one of these players where I believe that uh, the XFL will just be a stepping stone. I th- right. don't think he'll be here Young for dude. long. Mm-hmm. So, I like Andrew yeah, Ankara. Okay. I wish him success. Yeah, I like young guys, too, who have a lot of development. Because this seems like a cool, different way mm-hmm. to get your development. than rather just be on, like, a practice squad. Or, mm-hmm. like, buried deep on the depth chart. Like, go be a starter and potentially a star of this alternative league. I like that for young guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is my son. I probably... This is the most truest son of my sons, I think, of all my sons here. Mm -hmm. It's my boy, Will Hill, strong safety from Florida. So how he, he, this is the most unconventional way of someone becoming my son. And it's a weird reason for me being connected to this player. But this is how I first learned about this player back in like 2013 or something Mm -hmm. like that, 2014. So I play a lot of Madden. It's one of the games I play the most. Yep. And I like to do fantasy draft franchise. If you guys have ever played Madden, it's like fantasy football. You know, all the players are up for grabs, and you build a team that way. And I would always ignore the strong safety position. I get my quarterback, my running back, whatever. But I'd always ignore, like, strong safety for some reason until, like, one of the later rounds. By the time I get there, there'd only be guys in, like, mid, low, you know, somewhere in the 70s. Not great players. Mm-hmm. But always, always, my boy Will Hill was there. For some reason, in Madden... He was an absolute stud, <laughs> and I would never have to replace him. Mm-hmm. So initially it was like, mm, I like this guy because he's good on my, on my Madden team, yeah. right? So then you go, and then so past that a little bit, uh, one of my best friends, he's a Ravens fan. So yes. I, of course I like watching the Vikings games, and that's what I'll primarily watch, but I like to watch other football games. If I'm going to pick a game, it's probably going to be maybe the Browns because Thomas likes them. Bang. Maybe the Patriots because my mom likes them. Or maybe the Ravens because one of my best friends likes them. Right? Mm-hmm. So I've watched a lot of Ravens games. So Will Hill played with the Ravens for a little while. And during his time with the Ravens, he was not amazing. But he was he'd, he'd make big plays at random times, like blocked punts and things like that. Interception, pick sixes that won them the game. Kick sixes like, in the Browns' case because we suck. Yeah. <laughs> Will Hill would just make these random big plays. And, of course, as because of Madden, I was a fan of him already. I was like, hell yeah, Will Hill. Like, I just liked <laughs> Will Hill a lot. I thought Will Hill was a lot better than he probably is. Mm-hmm. But because 
I had this connection to him in Madden. I was always just rooting for Will Hill. Like this is, he has a cool name too, Will Hill. It's yeah. a cool name. It's a cool name. It rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how he first became my son. And then as I got to watch him play, he plays in a way that I really like. Like he's like I said with um, who was Raheem Moore, mm-hmm. very physical defensive back, an aggressive guy. But I think he's a little more controlled than Raheem Moore is. Um, like linebacker playing safety type guy. You can you can blitz him. You can drop him in coverage. You can do whatever whatever. Either way, he's laying big hits on people. He's a big hitter. Um, it's just I think he opted to sh- hit the shit out of people once they caught the ball rather than try to cover them. Mm-hmm. Like instead of trying to get in front of the ball to flick the pass, he was like, as soon as you touch that ball, I'm hitting the shit out of you, and we'll see what happens. And that's that's the kind of DB I like. And so Will Hill, he met that 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 criteria for me. And like with my previous guy. He sits at that age, 29, which is a weird age, right? Mm-hmm. He's already had his time in the NFL. He hasn't really stuck. Probably out of the question that he'll get back and get a starting position there again. But he's too young to just stop playing football when he has talent, right? Mm-hmm. So he's probably you know, just going to stick with the XFL for a little while. Mm-hmm. Hopefully play with the XFL for a few years. And I'm going to love having a son to root for for years to come mm-hmm. in the XFL. And I'll be rooting for Will Hill on the Battlehawks. So. Mm-hmm. That's why he is my son. All right. Well, uh, the reason Will Hill dominated in Madden but was always not picked up was because... So the way Madden deals with if a player has, like, character concerns, it just cranks their awareness down to, like, 40. So <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I also I do like Will Hill. Um, I wish... He made some better decisions when he was in the NFL for his personal life, but he's definitely very talented. Right. So, yes. Can you expand upon what he did? Is it anything that bad? Because I don't want him to... Nothing, nothing to where... Like, did no. he beat his wife or anything? No, nothing like that. <laughs> no. Nothing. I, okay. I, would, I would have said something before the show if it was something like that bad. Um, before you're like, um, I just love Will Hill. He's the best. Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, just I, I mean I did see some things that was like he clashed with coaches, but I didn't yeah, know just if like he just, actually do anything awful. No, just like immaturity and just like drug problems. Okay, I'm so, not I'm not too mad at drug problems. Yeah, nothing, nothing there. like not not good, but nothing like to where it's you know you're a scumbag or anything yeah. like that. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, he played for a long time, so he yeah. must he should have a shit in order. I hope, but I do like Will Hill as a player, and I have this weird connection to him because I'm Madden. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. I like him a lot. I hope he does well. I hope mm-hmm. he plays in the XFL for a few years so I can root for him. I just like his style of play. Mm-hmm. So, Will Hill, you are my St. Louis Battlehawks son. All right. Congrats, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right. So, moving to on last to the team. Tampa Bay Vipers. Yep. Uh, this, uh, no, this guy is not my truest son of the bunch here, but he's, he is a true son. Uh, he is Ricky Walker. He is a interior D-line. I'll specify that he can only play three-tech um, from Virginia Tech. Uh, so this dude is short, and he is, he's 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, which, 6'2", may not seem short. Um, oh, it doesn't seem short to me. But it is. <laughs> uh, so especially with his build, uh, he's got a squatty build, so he has very uh, short limbs. And right. um, while that does help him get better leverage, just because he, he can physically get lower because his legs are physically shorter, 
Uh, his arms, he's got the T-Rex arm syndrome, which sucks as a D-lineman. I had that in, I had that in high school. Yeah, it sucks. Because um, <laughs> it's, it's just it's very frustrating, and it just sucks. Um, but this dude, uh, when he was at Virginia Tech, was arguably probably the best player on that D-line. Um, and I'm kind of surprised he went undrafted. Um, I thought a team would maybe just spend like a late round flyer on him. Uh, but mm-hmm. looking at his tape, uh, looking at it again for this show, uh, you can kind of see why. Uh, his lack of length really hurts him. Um, like to the point where there were some, like there was a, they were playing like Boston College or something, and he just got dominated, <laughs> um, which was rough because. Ricky Walker is a very high motor player too, and so when you're just getting dicked down, and I, oh, shit, I say it like I, that sounds so awful. Like, dude, you got fucking dicked down. It's like an idiot. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. When you're getting, when you're just sometimes getting, sometimes you get dicked down. Sometimes you get dicked down. Fair. <laughs> when you're just getting dicked down all game, but you're a high motor player who wants to do well and knows that they're good and wants to succeed, it's just you get frustrated, and he, you can see the frustration. Um, because he starts kind of throwing everything in the kitchen sink, trying to get past double teams. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times that it just ended up him leaving his gap and having wide open holes. Uh, so, like I said, this dude has a relentless motor. Uh, he's he Like Ty Schwab, plays like a fucking psycho. Um, and he has fantastic testing numbers. Uh, he ran a 4.9, which at 300 pounds is... Crazy. That's pretty crazy. Uh, to put that in comparison to other elite athletes at his position, Sharif Floyd ran a four nine, um, mm. and that's that's fucking bonkers. Is all I have to say. Uh, he still got thirty reps yeah. on bench press, which is insane as well. But he does have short arms, so that makes it a little easier. But he is strong. He his weight three hundred. That's good enough to play three tech. And most three techs are a little shorter, uh, but six two with short limbs is just a hard sell. But I love Ricky Walker. Uh, I hope if Mark Tressman can make Ricky Walker a star, then I will be sold on Mark Tressman. <laughs> hey, love me some Mark Tressman. Yes. All right. So you thought your guy was short. Yes. Let me tell you about my guy. Mm-hmm. So I have a D tackle. Yes. Uh, his name is Nikita Whitlock. So he's a new son to me. He's a guy, he's like a I, when son. I looked at this Tampa Bay Vipers team, no one stuck out to me as someone I already had previous knowledge of so he's a new son mm-hmm. when i was looking through their players and but he's pretty cool all right he went to wake forest he's a d tackle but if you look him up on wikipedia right the first line will not be d tackle he'll be listed as a defensive tackle running back hybrid <laughs> right. so this guy's 510 right mm-hmm. so when he was in uh, at wake forest he played nose guard but when he got he went undrafted in the draft 510 dude you know, not the heaviest. I think he's like what, what, he's two two eighty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he went to the NFL, and they're like, "You are too small. Uh, you're five ten, two fifty, but we'll play you at fullback." Mm-hmm. So you know, once he got to the NFL, he was playing fullback. Uh, he was actually a decent fullback. Mm-hmm. He beat out when he he would play fullback for his entire career in the uh, NFL. He'd go to the to the Giants, and he beat out an incumbent fullback, someone who'd been playing fullback for a few years there. I don't remember who it was, but then he became their full-time fullback. Uh, after the NFL, he went to the CFL, uh, where he played D-tackle. 
Uh, oh, you know what I forgot to mention? When he was on the Giants, he got to play both D-tackle and fullback. So he That's got to play pretty both. good. So when he went to the CFL, he was playing D-tackle again, and then he got eventually converted to a running back. Not a fullback, like a full-on running back. Um, and they would play him at D-tackle, at running back, and he'd also be a special teamser. Mm-hmm. So he'd be playing all three phases in the CFL. Um, so that's someone who's really versatile. That's just super interesting to me. Um, and a thing I've noticed with Mark Tressman is he's just bringing in all these versatile guys, these non-traditional kind of players, and we'll see what that does for him. But, uh, yeah, he also he, he seems strong. I mentioned this. You've, you've now told me his, his form is ass. It's okay. Um, it, it's not – I mean – that's 600 pounds on his back. So, I mean, what that like I said, thumbs up, but like don't do that. Don't do that again. <laughs> so, he squatted 594 pounds, almost mm-hmm. 600 pounds. Thomas didn't like his his uh his form too much, but he did get low. The depth is and there. He He's got in the it basement. Up when I say form is bad, it's just the way he did it was a little dangerous, but it's fine. Okay. Well, that's our sons. Um and so defensive and special teams, we're not going to have anything next week for you guys. We're going to be mm-hmm. regrouping, trying to think of new shit that we can give to you because it's kind of a slow period. So we'll figure out training camps are starting up again in January, so we'll have a shit ton to talk about. Um, hopefully we'll get out to some of those training camps. Make sure you guys head over to our YouTube, subscribe there. Uh, we put all our podcasts up on there, and we will be um, putting anything we get from the training camps up there. We're also planning on doing some short-form content there. So make sure you guys subscribe there. Uh, podcasts will stay as they normally do. They'll be up on everything podcasts are available on. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at XFLExtraPoint. Send us shit to extrapointcontact at gmail.com. DM us mm-hmm. shit you want us to talk about, general stuff like that. If you Thanks have so a much. son that you want us to talk about or that yeah. you just want to shout out, let us know. Yeah. If you have someone you really like, and we'll, we'll look into them and give you our opinion on them, our shitty opinion. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But um, yeah. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. We're at nine shows now. That's not including the extra point extras that we got from Reagan at XFL Down Under. Um, things have been. It's been hard for him to get uh, some interviews because of you know it's a busy time. Players are at training camps and are at mini camp and Christmas. So we'll see what happens if we get some more. We'll put them up here for you guys. Uh, so thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys tune in next time we have a show which i think will not be next monday but the monday after that um so yeah thanks so much guys we'll see you next time merry christmas happy holidays merry christmas okay bye bye